Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Well, we've got three games to review since we last spoke to you. Hull, Leeds and Ipswich. First one up, Hull away, Steve. And um, well, we predicted we might get a, a positive result in those trio of games. And it came at the first time of asking, uh, one no win on the road, long awaited and desperately needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we did say, didn't we, that we felt uh, a win could come over the, the next couple of weeks after our last podcast because the, um, the Plymouth game, we, you know, we did create a lot of chances and it was one of those days really, wasn't it? Where, you know, we didn't take them and we've ended up losing, but we played significantly worse earlier in the season and it was one of our better performances. So it did suggest that, you know, a similar type of performance over the next couple of weeks and we would end up on the right end of the result as well and um and that's what happened really. So you'd have to say it's probably our best result of the season and you can't really argue that we, we didn't deserve it either. I, I thought we played well on the day and um yeah, a, a really well earned three points and obviously a vital one as well. Yeah, it's, it's quite ironic really that um a week after getting undone by a corner routine, uh we score the winning goal in the only goal of the game. In fact, we actually win a game with the same method. Yeah, exactly. It's like we we took the hint, wasn't it? That actually you can be innovative with corners on times. And um, obviously, we've taken a short one. Cullen's made a nice run. I think there was a block from Fulton. And um, yeah, obviously, you've still got to get it right. It's still got to be a good finish, isn't it? And stuff like that, which it was. And um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I think that's got to be a good thing. Trying a little bit of innovation, is it? Because you know the bog standard stuff of. You know, the ball in the box. I'm not saying that it doesn't work or anything like that, but the odd one here and there like that can just catch somebody off guard, really, can't it? And um, I think that's what happened. And obviously we were a victim of it the week before. And um, on this occasion, we um, we came out on top. So, um, yeah, um, good work, really, from the coaching staff to think of something. And it's paid off, hasn't it? It has. It was nice to see as well that, um, you know, the, the, the way the players fought, uh, as you said, Steve, I thought we were good value for the three points. So we were competitive and professional throughout, which really speaking, it's not something we've been able to say too often this season. Uh, we didn't really have that big section of the game where we were creating all our own problems that we had previously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'd, um, you know, we, we had a fair amount of, of the ball, didn't we? Particularly in the first half. And we were, you know, we created, um, a few chances, didn't we? And, we really restricted the opposition. That was one of the most impressive things about it because, you know, we'll come on to other games when we, because we have to. But we've, you know, we've been too easy to score against in a lot of games and we've given up a lot of chances. Um, but we didn't really do that, did we at Hull? We were, you know, far better, I would say. And it was a real step in the right direction. And it was against a good side. I mean, you look at it, they've, um, they've brought in some really exciting players during the January transfer window. And, um, you know, the type of deals that we could only dream of, really. And it didn't, for, the, for them to have, you know, first have done a number on them, I should say. Um, and for it not to be a case of, you know, particularly lucky or anything like that is, is really encouraging. Um, you know, what I don't feel that, that we were lucky to win that game at all. And you'd, you'd have thought that maybe we, to end this uh, poor run that we've been on, you might need, um, a little bit of luck or something like that, you know, a decision to go for you, but, it didn't really work out that way, did it? No, no. I thought, you know, by and large, we, we saw the game out um, well. And, you know, it was, it was a real lift 
for everyone to see the fruits of the labour, really, wasn't it? Um, and I think we came away from that thinking, do you know what? I think we'll be okay. Um, <laughs> and of course, then to, to tail off what has been a horrendous run of fixtures uh, to start off Luke Williams's time at the club, uh, we followed it up with games at home, a double header, Leeds and Ipswich. Um, well, added to the fact that you've got two of the best teams in the league this season and the fact that our home record has been pretty dismal. Um, you would, you were thinking you could, if you could really turn up against Leeds, Steve, and really give them a good game, they, they haven't had the most emphatic record on the road themselves. And maybe we can see where we go with it, but it was one of the poorest performances, wasn't it? It was naive. It was without real ideas of how to combat Leeds' pace on the counter-attack. It was gifting them goals after goals and chance after chance. Yeah, I think that's the problem. It was naive, really, wasn't it? It's probably a good way of describing it. And look, I think we've got to be realistic about where we're at at the moment and, and probably about where the division is. I mean, there's... There's four teams out there that are, you know, at the top end of the table and they're, they're streets ahead of everybody else. I know three of them obviously are on parachute payments with significantly bigger budgets than everybody else. And then there's one that, to be fair, are pulling out miracles and have, and you know, in, in a lot of other seasons would be a shoe in for automatic promotion, but may well not get it this year. So very unlucky, really. Um, but I know Williams has tried to play this high line, hasn't he, in, in the, in our games since he's come in. Um, against Leeds, incredibly risky, not just the fact that they're a good side, but they are a side with a lot of pace. I mean, Monto obviously gave us a torrid time, didn't he? And I think the issue is, you look at, and I'm not going to say that we can be like Man City or anything like that, but when they play a high line, they've got Kyle Walker, who's got a lot of pace, and they've got Edison sitting on the edge of the box that can sweep up the ball over the top, so nobody can really get in. And I mean, you, I think you need those type of attributes then, really, if you're going to play like a high line to to basically allow you to get away with it. So the fact that we don't have that meant that we were, you know, playing into the opposition's hands, really. And that's what happened. I think for me, what we should have done is sat 10 yards deeper just because of the threat, certainly in the first half anyway, to try and, you know, stay in the game a bit longer. You know that good opposition are always going to create um, good chances against us. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were just chasing early on, weren't we? And... You know, it just felt like every time Leeds went forward, it was quite terrifying, really, wasn't it? The game seemed to be played a lot in uh, our own half. And I mean, there was even the instance, wasn't there, where we got a corner. I think we tried a bit of innovation again, cocked it up. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Leeds were on the attack and you're thinking, oh my God, it's going to be another goal here. So, yeah, it was it was a tough watch, wasn't it? I mean, when we played Leeds at home in the past, there have been some really memorable games, really. I mean, the, the one before we were born where... We've won 5-1, probably one of the greatest days that we've ever had as a club. Um, that great 3-2 game in League One, um, 3-0 when we went up to the Prem that year. When we came down, there was like the rebirth with all the youngsters in the team and we drew 2-2, but we could have given them a game there as well. So like, there have been some really enjoyable games with Leeds, I would say, but that one was by far the worst. I mean, it was just miserable, wasn't it? You could feel the gulf between us and you know, being two down early on again, it's just... It's just depressing, isn't it? I mean, I know the likes of me and you have got season tickets, but there'll be a few people that walk ups who've paid for that, and they're thinking they pay thirty odd quid and we're out of it in minutes. And you know, it's not going to encourage people to come back down, is it? 
No, it's not. And I, you know, I, I, I do understand your thing about the, the, the top of the division this season is, um, probably stronger than I've ever seen it and probably stronger than most I've ever seen it. You don't get, you get runaway teams, teams that break records, stick back to like when Redding broke points records in this division and stuff like that. And you always, and you had the Fulhams as well with Mitrovic breaking all sorts of records, um, recently. But this year to have three, and you could argue four if you include Ipswich having come up from League One, straight storm in the championship themselves, very much still in with a shout of automatics. It's unheard of. It's, it's four teams pulling away. Um, and, and leads very much the, the form one of those four, uh, flying into the, you know, up into the autos. So you've got to deal with that. But other teams, Steve, have given them a much tougher time of it. I'm not saying we should be beating Leeds and their current rate of form and the quality they've got. Um, but we should be making it harder for them. We should have come in with a game plan. How are we going to play against them? Um, in all, we're all said and done. I think that from, Daniel Farker would think that is probably a gift wrap for him. They never had to break sweat. They haven't had to get out of second gear. He hasn't had to take on any injuries or any risk of suspensions or anything like that because they just coasted it from the first minute to the last and bullied us. Um, if we'd lost that one in the manner in which, let's think of some recent games we played against the top teams. Southampton, we, in the second half, we had two or three chances, just ball wouldn't go in and it would have changed the game. Um, and we could have really pushed the pushed the threat onto them. Leicester away, Steve, you recall that one. Again, really positive spells during the game, and then one defensive cock up, and the game's gone. And that was at 1-0, and you're thinking, we're still in this at 1-0. Leeds, we never give ourselves a shot. Um, so, yes, there is a definite gulf, and there's definitely, look at the quality of the bench and stuff like that, which is always a good tell, now that you're allowed to make so many subs. But... You've got to be more professional than that. It, it, it felt like an FA Cup game against Premier League against uh, non-league minnows. Um, and that's probably being kind to our defence. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously we discussed the Leicester and the Southampton games there, but and I do think that in the second half against Southampton, we did step it up. And to be fair, against Leicester, you know, early on they had chances, but again, we, we were, there were signs of that we didn't play too badly there. But the problem yeah. is, in all of those games, we've conceded early, haven't we? And we did the yeah. same at Bournemouth. I know we rested a few people, but we're just giving ourselves a mountain to climb early on. That's the problem. And I, I do feel like as well, I, I highlighted this after, um, I think it was after the Leeds game the other day, our record against the sides that have won promotion over the last few years. And I could not believe how bad it is. I think I worked it out. It was like in 18 fixtures... It's one draw. That draw was against Bournemouth when we were three 0 up, and they come back yeah. to sleep. So that's the, that's the worst draw you can have, isn't it? Pretty much. The other okay. seventeen all ended in defeat. There were, um, we've, I think we've scored twelve and conceded fifty-eight, which is just ridiculous. It just suggests that if we go a couple down, that um, you know, that we cave in and then people batter us. I mean, it's, we're just not competing. But that's what I can't stand. I've, I've got some stats in front of me here as well, right? I've got a friend that supports Bristol City and because um, I said to him how bad a record was, he couldn't believe it. So he came back to me with some stats himself. Now, I think there's there's one of the promoted club sides, there's one of the top three currently that they haven't played yet uh, this season. Um, so they so for them, it's 17 fixtures. Now, they've only won two and they've only drawn two and lost 13. But the big difference for me was that all the defeats, apart from one where Fulham gave them a paste in, 
runny by one goal, um, I think it's conceded 27 and scored 16. Now they've conceded, you know, less than half the amount that we have. I know the results haven't been so good, but that tells you that they are competing. We are not competing, are we? So, and this comes back to the big issue, which is something we discussed previously in, in, in fits and starts, but it is becoming as clear as day that this is a psychological issue. It's a mentality issue. We go into these games, someone put up a record of the timings of the goals we conceded in the last 10, 12 games. And we've almost hit every minute from the first through to the 15th. We're conceding ridiculous amounts of goals in the first uh, 15 minutes of games, every game. And it's it just a constant. I mean, we, we were standing next to each other in the stadium the other day, weren't we? You, you, oh, you were watching me try to put a bet on Ipswich to score in the first 10 minutes. As it happens, they scored in the 12th. So it doesn't come to that in a minute. But it's just become an ongoing theme with the Swans, where we are almost defeated before a ball is kicked. And we have no mentality. We have no, where's the leaders? Where's the characters that's going to drag these players up off the turf? When the chips are down, when the opposition have got momentum, who's going to drag us up? Who's going to pull us up the pitch and, and make us more competitive? Make us give us a bit of bite. You see sometimes when Joe Allen comes on the pitch, you almost forget what we're missing sometimes until Joe Allen comes on and then you see straight away he gets into a crunching tackle. Free kick goes the other way. He's up at the ref screaming about another decision which didn't go away. And you're thinking, yes, that's what you want. You want your players to fight for every ball. You want them to fight for every decision. If you think there's an injustice, you don't want them to hang their heads and go trudging back to the penalty area. You want them to go and make the point. You want them to go and fight for the badge, fight for the shirt. First and foremost, quality is one thing. We can talk all night about the lack of quality and how the club has got, squad has got weaker and weaker and weaker season on season. But what you can never excuse is a lack of effort. And it's been too many times this season where I think those players just do not believe at any point that they can win that game of football. And that's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Well, I'm wondering, certainly in these games as well, as if they almost think to themselves... Oh, well, we're, we're losing you. Yeah. I mean, everyone expects us to lose because of who we're playing. So, you know, we're not going to get helpers if, if we don't lose. But, you know, it's getting to the point now where you think eventually, surely you have to, you know, get, do well against these teams and, and get, get the odd result, compete with them. I mean, you know, let's be honest about it. When we got relegated from the Prem, it was, it was pretty miserable, wasn't it? But I still remember when we managed to beat Liverpool. It was a bit of a few, yeah. don't get me wrong, but, but it was a backs to the wall and we defended well. We made but it we tough. And exactly, but we, and we beat Arsenal then as well, didn't we? Um, I, I think that was literally about the week after or something. So, so even though we were crap, we still did manage to pull a couple of results off. But with this, we're just we're not at all, are we? I'm quite glad you mentioned Joe Allen because particularly I felt when he came on against Leeds, he looked like a player that was angry to me, probably angry that we're crap, and also thinking he's probably thinking, isn't he? Like we're crap, and I can't get in this team. Like what's going on? They're thinking I'm, you know, I want to play because he put the boot in, didn't he? Then he had to go yeah. to the ref about something. But it did just. And to be fair, Joe Allen is he is someone that does that. But obviously, we're forgetting about the fact that he is he's had a great career, and mainly it's the fact that he's on the ball, his passing, everything like that. He's that's where his main strength is. But even though he is that, and he's only like a smaller guy, go on, he'll put the boot in, will he? So you know, I was pleased then he, he did end up starting on Saturday. I felt that was long overdue, and particularly after the Leeds thing. Where we were so bad and he was getting the boot in. I'm glad that he, he did get an opportunity to, um, to start, but it just shames some of the other players then, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it's, 
it's tough, isn't it? I mean, I'm even looking at Grimes recently and thinking, I'm not saying that he's not trying at all, but I mean, he seems badly out of form. I mean, I thought he was poor again in the the game that we'll come on to talk with. It's just, I mean, I'm almost looking at him and thinking, you could be close to being taken out of the team here, which in general is, you know, unthinkable given how vital he's been the last few years. But I am looking at him and thinking, I'm not sure you that you're, you should definitely be in the team the way you're carrying on. And sometimes stuff like that is just a kick up the backside and it's, um, it can actually provoke a bit of um, a performance, can't it? So, um, but yeah, I mean, that, I think that shows where we're at, doesn't it? It's indicative of 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 the issues we have, and and you know, look, Grimes, everyone waxes lyrical about Grimes in in his character behind the scenes and stuff like that, and I've no qualms about that at all. But again, on the pitch, like I think when I see him, I think like someone someone like Harry Darling is a, a much more vocal leader out there in terms of you need someone with those natural ability. I just don't see in Grimes in the chips are down. I don't see him rallying the troops. So you talk to me on the Leeds game and I remember um you saying I mean you apoplectic about Bashir Humphrey's positioning and coming out uh lucky I haven't mentioned that yet. Well listen, let's get on to it because He's covering right back. It's a position he's obviously played in a couple times before when we've been short on numbers, but he's covering on the, on, on the sides of the defence and having to um, marshal a very pacey attacking lead setup. And he is constantly pulling himself out of position. His discipline was abysmal. His positional discipline was all over the shop. But then I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, and I know this is an idealistic world, okay? But I'm thinking if I if that was if Ashley Williams was on defense in defense there in the center defense, he'd have grabbed him by the scruff of his neck and dragged him back to position and let him know in no uncertain terms. You stay in your place. You drifting up into the center mid when Leeds have got the ball, and all of a sudden there's 60 yards of space down the left hand side is no use to us whatsoever. In fact, it's costing us time and time and time again. And so where is the leader on the pitch then to really galvanise the troops, really let players know what they need to be doing during the game, game management? Um, so, look, I'm not just because obviously that is me. I'm almost saying like Grimes is to blame for Humphreys. He's not. Humphreys needs to be a lot better, a lot better. And I've thought that for a long time. But there is a certain lack of leadership and a certain lack of character in the Swansea City team. And I'll say something, Steve, which... I might get pelters for fine if I do, but in terms of my time supporting the Swans, looking at the last 28, 29 years, I think this might be one of the least likable group of players. And I say that, it's hard to say that, but there's not many players I would be gutted about if they left in the summer. And that is a real damning sense of where we're at right now. I don't really feel an affinity to many of them at all. Yeah, I think that is, you know, I, I can't say I disagree that much with that. I mean, I look at the the last couple of years in the Prem and sort of felt similar. I mean, I, I always remember on the final day, Fabianski getting the... Fabianski and Leon and stuff he, like that. Yeah, he, got the, like, he, he got the we want you to say chant, didn't he? I think he was mm-hmm. quite emotional about it. But the main thing I took from it was the rest of you better be listening to this because you're not getting this chant because most of us <laughs> probably are thinking, off you go, go on, you took us down. So, and I think you'd look back to, you know, there have been a few other relegations we've been since we've been supporting the club. I mean, I remember under John Hollins, we went down and I can't say I was overly fussed on a lot of those 
like players in terms, but that was more of an ability thing, if that makes sense. But yeah. they were all, they were good lads, if that makes sense. They weren't someone that I felt was, you know, I, I didn't feel there was a lack of tryers in that team. I just felt it wasn't good enough. And that when we'd gone up the year before, that we needed to strengthen, for example, and, and we didn't. So understandably, back down we came. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't rate some of those players, but I don't think they'd let us down as such. Whereas I think some of this lot maybe are at times. So I think that's the, I think that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, when we, you can go back to the other thing with the Premier now, Gomez and Montero were two of my biggest hatreds. Not because they weren't good enough. They couldn't be asked, could they? Half the time. And I think that's what really drives you up the wall. And I think, I don't know, some of this lot, they're not, uh, are they busting a gut for us at times? I think you, you do have to wonder with some, um, you know, and like you said, the la- I think leadership is, I don't think there are so many leaders in football anymore because I just think that the whole, you know, it's just, the game has changed. People haven't, you know, everyone's been like molly coddled and hasn't had to go through tough times as such like they would have done years ago. I mean, there's, you know, I'm not saying that the stuff like the, the chores that the youngsters used to have to do for the first team were necessarily all, all of that was good. But I think some of it, like cleaning the boots of people probably was. So I think Every, that's the issue now. Everyone now, right? Like, especially if you're a good player, like even Morgan's not kicked the ball, but Brentford paid, uh, you know, a fee for him and it'll rise to over a million, I think. Um, and they probably like offered him a nice place to live, all this type of thing. I mean, the guy's never kicked the ball. So I think that's sort of where it's, it's a footballing issue in general, if you know what I mean. I think the, the characters are probably the ones that are playing lower down. I mean, Ashley Williams is a good example. I mean, someone that has seen real life because he came into the game a bit later after being released. I think he worked a few random jobs, didn't he? And um, I think those te- people are always going to have a bit more leadership and maybe appreciation than than others, really. So, um, but yeah, you, you just don't see many of them. I think even in the Prem, like, there's not those real type of, like, there aren't any many Roy Keynes or John Terry's or Stephen Gerrard's out there, if that makes sense. But I think every team has, I mean, you, yeah, maybe not a Roy Keane, like, to that extent, but you still have your Van Dykes. You still have the players there that are, that are vocal, that like, like try and pick, and, and your, and your successful teams will have that. They'll have your respected, your respected players there where they'll look to and they'll be like, right, you know, come on and lift your heads up kind of thing and we'll get back into this and stuff. And, but I guess it's more spread out now in the successful teams. Everyone takes the ownership of responsibility to have that leadership quality. In a successful team, a lot of the players have that inbuilt into them, makes them winners, makes them better players because they already built into them, into their, into their makeup. I feel like none of our players have it, Steve. I'm looking at maybe, um, like I said, the only one in the squad I would perhaps think may do well with the captain's armband on is Harry Darling because I just, I think perhaps he would be that sort of character in that situation. But everyone else I'm looking around, I'm thinking, it's, it's just too easy. It's too passive. Teams, teams get an easy ride against the Swans. Um, if, let's say, for example, we're winning a game. I can't remember the last time, <laughs> but we win the game and we have to defend the Alamo. Teams are really going for us and they're coming at us and they're coming at us. We've, we've have, we're having to have a lot of luck and a lot of good goalkeeping to keep us ahead. And when we are losing a game, teams have an easy ride. They, and, and the games we have lost, um, you can just see the games peter out into nothingness, and and Leeds was probably the worst of this because of the lack of fight and battle and belief in the squad for that one. 
But um, but yeah, seen so so many times over the last few years, Steve, where you're just looking at it, going, when teams have the lead against us, there's no one there really, really leading the surge. You know what I mean? Really pulling it. And perhaps let's look at other players. Like when you mentioned just now about when we came down, then we had characters and we had players that cared, and we look at the likes of Ollie McBurney and stuff like that. And they really, you know, he had that kind of bit between his teeth, you know? And he's another person who could galvanize and lead from the front, uh, as opposed from the back. So, you know, I think the, I think they're out there, but I think it's, it's more about rather than having one player now who is responsible for that in a, in a team, you, you have that quality in, in a player's makeup. And we don't have really anyone who's playing regularly who has that in their DNA, you know? Yeah, I think the other thing sometimes is you look at like the younger players, for example, don't you, if they've come through the system. I mean, I know McBurney didn't come through at a very young age, but we did buy him young. And like I said, he, he did have that bit of quality. I'd look at Connor Roberts if he was still here as somebody yeah, that, would, yeah. that would be like that. I'm not sure he'd be so vocal elsewhere. I, mean, I don't know is the honest answer. But I certainly felt that for us that he was a bit of a leader. I mean, if he was still here now... I mean, he would have had a chance of the captaincy. Probably would have been the vice captain at least, anyway. But um, so I think that would help. I think if we could bring some more of those younger players through, and there's just more of a feeling for it then, isn't it? I mean, we, I think we talked about it before, didn't we? When we did go down, that when we then had, you know, the bulk of the team was those younger players. It felt like, you know, the, the club was more relatable again. Players that we liked, and we would, I think, we'd all be a little bit more patient with them because we knew they were experienced, but. They weren't going to let us down in terms of commitment and effort. They were going to be, you know, do their best. And a lot of them as well wanted to be here. I think that was the the other thing. Whereas you think a lot of this lot, I don't know how, how bothered they, they really are, if you know what I mean. I think that's that's the other thing. We, we I think we're crying out for a bit of a hero type figure, aren't we? We're, like, yeah. who's who's our crowd favourite? It's a really good question because... Uh, it's our like, unknown goalkeeper, I think. Yeah, it, it probably is, isn't it? You know, Um and that's the thing. We're, we're crying out for someone that could just be a bit of a, a hero. I think if Joe Allen was playing regularly, it could be him. Um, but yeah, we don't really like have one, do we? I mean, you mentioned McBurney there. I mean, could all dream he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, I don't think uh, we'd get him back, but you do never know. I mean, it's just it's crying out for something like that. I think where someone comes in that just gives everyone that little bit of a lift, isn't it? But um, yeah, we. You know, as you say, I think it is a reasonably unlikable uh, Swans team, and I think obviously there'll be some departures in the summer, as we know. And I don't think too many of them would be. But I think the more damning thing would be if we were to get relegated, which I must be honest, I don't think we we will. I think there's three worst teams, but a lot of this line getting moves. Uh, that's the truth of it, if you know what I mean. So that is another thing about it. Not only are they particularly, you know, they they may be players that we're not hugely fussed on. They're actually not brilliant either, which makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah, spot on. I did think of another example of the, the leadership thing as well. When you take the Wales situation when Ramsey was given the captaincy and then had it taken off and given to Ashley Williams, far more natural leader in his DNA. And then, of course, later on, you had Gareth Bale. Another exact example of where you have that winning mentality, that never say die attitude. It's built in your DNA. That's the guy you want there. Yeah. And, Bale's and, a bit of a funny one, I think, because I would say that. In, I think international football, a lot of this happens, doesn't it, where the best player gets it. I don't always agree, but I do think yeah. in Bale's case it's a little bit different because the, yeah. how Bale would lead is in terms of he would always turn up without a doubt. 
And like quite often he wouldn't have been playing for Real Madrid or he may have had a knock or something, but he'd always be there. And that was like set in the example. But at club wise, I mean, he would never have ever have had the captaincy, would he? Which it's quite a strange one in, in that way, isn't it? But he was always more for Wales than the So you would see with Wales, he'd be throwing himself into 50-50s and no chance of winning in terms of, yeah, he could come off hurt. He could come off, you know, with a booking and stuff like that. But he would never give anything less than 100%. And that sort of leadership, that sort of attitude that yeah. can lift others around you. And, and, and rightly so that Ramsey had it removed from him because he wasn't that character. He's not that character. He's a fantastic technical player and, and, and has been for his whole career. But in, in a similar vein to, to Grimes in some respects, you look at him going, he's fantastic technically, but is he really going to grab it by the scruff of the neck? Does Ashley Williams grab people off the deck? Yes, he did for his career, especially with us. Um, and then Gareth Bale is a, an epitome of that for Wales, where he is a sort of player that if things aren't going his way, he'll drop deep into defensive midfield, pick the ball up, and he will go, and he will go like the clappers up the pitch with the ball and try and force the issue. And that's the sort of, you know what I mean? When I say a true leader and they're in their DNA, I think we are really lacking that. And I know I've harped on about this, but you just see your heads drop so easily with the Swans team. Yeah, I think that it is certainly an issue. Um, it's not an issue that's going to be particularly easy to correct either, I don't think. Um, oh. Yeah, you, you're sort of hoping that, you know, sometimes people become like leaders. I would say that Leon was someone that became a leader. I wouldn't say that he was maybe when he was younger, like the natural type. But I remember that story of when we were struggling in the Premier, he gave everyone a DVD of Jack to the King, didn't he? And, and yeah. said, look, sit down and watch this. But you need to realise that, you know, we haven't always had it that good down here. It's, it's been some tough times. And I don't think a younger Leon would have done that, if you know what I mean. But then you get, you know, pe- people do grow into it a little bit. And I think where maybe we need one or two to to do that as well. And I mean, I, I would say that Joe Allen is potentially a leader, in this, yeah. probably in a similar sort of way if you know what I mean, more the setting and example type maybe than the ranting and raver. But I mean, the fact is as well, because Joe was had such a successful career, it would be impossible to not have respect for him if, you know, you're uh, someone that takes football seriously because, you know, you don't win the amount of international caps that he's had. Played in three major tournaments, obviously mm. played for Liverpool for four seasons, must have played 100 games for him at least. Um, and, you know, command respect. So, yeah, there is, he is. certainly something with him. But obviously if he's not playing, that doesn't help either, does it? That's it. I mean, and I mean, he's the ideal scenario, but it just, he does not get the minutes. He would be, he'd be a shoe in for captaincy for me because not only does he have that respect, but also, um, he doesn't just, he leads by example, not just in his attitude, but in his performance as well. And we talked about when he came on against Leeds, where he was throwing himself in, getting in the red face and that kind of, do you know what? Yeah. We, you know, we're 3-0 down at home to Leeds. We haven't played a scratch on them. But that got a bit of reaction from the fans. And fans love to see their players try for the shirt. And you'll never say Joe Allen doesn't give his all for the shirt. Whether he's got 90 minutes in him or whether he can play two, three games in a week now, I don't know. And, 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 and he hasn't been doing that for us. But in terms of attitude and leading by example, Joe's a perfect example of what we are missing on the pitch in most of our games. Um, and it's, it's, it's sad to see because it is so easy to get in underneath our skin and hurt us and there's no coming back. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's loads of issues to go with the Swans, Steve. And I think that is one of them that needs to be addressed. Um, but I think 
looking ahead to the summer, there is so much work to do. Oh, it's just going to be an absolute ball to get us into a sort of state where we can be competitive next year. Um, it so is, but the problem is, as things stand, the man overseeing it is the man who oversaw last summer, which was a disaster. So Watson, Paul Watson needs to go. Uh, that's the simple truth of it. I mean, you know, we have to have alignment at this football club. We've got to have people on the same page. I mean, from my point of view, I don't think that Watson wanted to appoint Williams. I mean, he appointed Duff when he could have appointed Chris Davis and chose not to. L- Watson believes in a Luton type of way. Now, from my point of view, he would have appointed Nathan Jones if he could have got away with it, but he couldn't. So he probably would have appointed Sheehan, which I know Sheehan's results weren't bad, but the performances were crap. I've got far more faith in Luke Williams than I ever did Sheehan. But the problem is, if everybody isn't aligned behind the scenes and on the same page, you're just going to run into problems. And in the end, somebody is going to end up being a fall guy. I mean, maybe Josh Marsh is up, has become a fall guy now because he's gone. It wouldn't shock me at all if they try and pin the summer on him, for example. But, yeah, we, we have to all be on the same page. For me, the, the sporting director needs to be someone that believes in the Swansea way. I mean... So if he doesn't, then you're always going to struggle because behind the scenes, they're going to be disagreeing on who we should bring in, aren't they? And stuff like that, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, uh, Watson did some terrible business in the summer. He has to go. It's as simple as that. Why he's still here, I have no idea. There'll be a civil war behind the scenes because you've got Watson has come in and he, he came in for the summer just gone and he's appointed... Uh, Duff in a change of direction has spent a lot of money, a lot of which we won't recoup because the players haven't lived up to the price tags that we spent and clearly overspent on certain players. Um, but now that Andy Coleman and co have changed their minds and gone back to, uh, the Russell Martin mold in Luke Williams, um, this is a clear disjoint, disjoint situation now where you've got the old school or rather the alternative Swansea method, which was coming in the summer with Duff and going back to type of what we know was successful for us. Uh, we're bringing in Luke Williams and trying to get us back to playing, um, that sort of purist football. Um, now we haven't got those two things aligned, even though, um, Duff was a failure here. The sporting director and Duff was somewhat aligned on their values. Now that's not the case anymore. There has to be a, a meeting point here whereby this hard decisions are made. Um, I will back Luke Williams until the day he walks out of this club because he is absolutely the right man for us and for us to get back the way we do. But he needs to be supported and supported in the right way. And that does mean aligning his values with the people who are going to be making the sign-ins to make us competitive again. And yes, that does mean that the old guards need to go. And Paul Watson coming in, making a whole host of mistakes uh, in the summer. Um, I don't know if you caught up, Steve. There was a rumour, and I can only say speculate as a rumour, um, what went round in, on the weekend after the Ipswich game, in that Paul Watson was spotted by Swansea fans in town. Again, can't verify this, but the rumour has it that they had a conversation or a debate and a lot of waffle was spoken. All of this is kind of building up into a certain crescendo isn't it where you expect there has to be it can no longer continue in the way it is it has to meet at the point now where you go right something needs to happen it happens soon yeah exactly i mean we can't get to the summer in in a similar situation i mean we've we've got to all be on the same page it's it is as simple as that really so 
you know, we've got, a manager needs to be in charge of, of transfers in, in general, unless you've got a sporting director that is 100% with him. I mean, you look at MK Dons, I mean, um, when obviously Williams was there with, um, obviously his assistant to Russell Martin, I think they had Liam Sweeten as the director of football. They all brought in, you know, they, they were aligned on players and they brought in a lot of players that did really well and then they sold, obviously we bought one of them in Harry Darling. I mean, I'm not going to mention Fisher for God's sake. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Scott Swine was one, wasn't he? Uh, another Matthew one. Riley. Yeah, Matt O'Reilly. Yeah, they all, you know, they all excelled, didn't they? And they made a lot of money off that. And it's because they were all on the same page, essentially. And down here, we've not been like that for a while. I mean, Martin, as we know, wanted O'Reilly here. He wanted, uh, Ogben and it was refused. And you look at the consequences of that now. That could have been players that were really good for us and also that would have made us money as well. So, that's the problem. Whereas the ones that have come in last summer, I mean, who the hell is making us money from that? I mean, what Watson has done is is scandalous, really. I mean, absolutely horrific business. And I can't believe that anyone can can genuinely defend it. It's it is ridiculous. We've got to get back to you know people being on the same page and also, as we know, like trying to create assets. I mean, I know there was criticism of the way that we didn't back Russell Martin, and they certainly did stitch him up, particularly in January. But the idea of having one out, one in, in general, is a good idea, but you can always make the odd exception here and there. I mean, the problem with January last year was it was five out and none in, wasn't it? So, you know, we've got to run the club sensibly. I mean, the fact is now we've got 20-odd players on the books. I think it's close to late 20s, and that's not including the ones out on loan, like Pedersen and Jawa On, or whatever his name is. You know, and they're all regard- meant to be regarded as first-team players. I mean, surely the sensible thing is to have about 22 players, and then the rest covered up with, with youngsters. So you're up at about 25, really. And then obviously if you get an issue, you can try and bring somebody in, um, to cover that issue with an injury or something like that. But I mean, we've just got too many players. But, and the problem is, it's not like we're, you know, it's not like that nice problem to have, is it? Whereas, you know, who are we going to play in terms of, or who are we going to leave out? Just like, who am I picking? Yeah. I think that's the biggest issue, isn't it? You know, it, it'd be, an embarrassment of riches if you had this huge squad and you go, well, someone's going to be disappointed today. It's hard to pick a, a strong 11. And that is a damning sign of where we're at. Um, you know, it is, it, we have re- regressed in our squad quality and stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on this conversation in a, in a few short minutes. Um, after we just discussed the, uh, final game of the trio, which is Ipswich. And I, I say that because we did have an appearance of one of those summer signings, those long lost summer signings in this game. Um, this one, um, it was another defeat, Steve, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't like Leeds, um, in, in the sense of a complete downing of tools and a, and a misery. But, um, yeah, it, it's another defeat ultimately, isn't it? Yeah, we we definitely played better. I think we could have had something from this game. But, I mean, I think the general issue is, again, as usual, conceded goals too early uh, and too easily. I mean, you can't be chasing the game early on. I mean, like I say, you were joking with me that trying to put a bet on us conceded in the first 15 or something like that, and we weren't successful. But if you were, then obviously you would have won again on that because that's what's happened, isn't it? Um, and it's... We've got... Can we... Can we just stay in the game until half time or stay level or something? That's, I think that's maybe the way we need to look at it now because it's just getting a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But, you know, we didn't play too badly. You know, Yates finally managed to get a goal, first one in ages. Um, 
has to be a good thing. I didn't think he was brilliant in general again, mind, but um, still, it wouldn't do his confidence any harm with it. But I mean, at that point, then we had a little bit of momentum, didn't we? It's one all. Obviously, we just scored. The crowd are up, and then you know, Ipswich have got a free kick. I think it was an hour and a half, and the move has led to them scoring what's ended up being the, the decisive goal. And you just think this is bloody typical. We we were on in the ascendancy at that point, and we've undone it, and you know, gifted them a goal, haven't we? Yeah, it was so soon after us as well. You know, we can see the two things, you know, as Fonzie said to you is we, um, we can see it early and we can see just <laughs> after we've scored. Um, that's just what happens, isn't it? I mean, it's so frustrating because you just think, right, now's a chance and we just switch off. We switch off the first 10 minutes of games. We're not in a game after the first 15 minutes. It's already away from us. And also once we score, it's, do not concede just after you've scored. We have to work so hard to score a goal. And, and, and exactly what you said there, we, we, on the ascendancy, we've managed to grab the equaliser. Um, we rushed the ball back to the halfway line and we've kept coming at Ipswich. And you're thinking, you know, just be measured in this approach. Do not get caught by a sucker punch. And the first time that Ipswich went into our half after we scored, they've, they've scored again. Um, so it really does, you know, it's a real kick in the in the teeth for us. Um, and you know, when when you really pour us at the defensive end and you can't stick the ball in the net enough times at the other end, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and unfortunately, we weren't able to claw back uh, an equaliser. Um, and it does put us in a bit of a position, really, Steve, doesn't it? I mean, let's let's not uh, shake it up. I do think that. Um, the, the, these were the hardest games uh, that a manager could come into and he would have really uh, <laughs> wouldn't have wished those sort of pictures any worse than me but I do think I'm disappointed in the fact that we haven't in some of those games done a bit more and, and, and forced the issue a little bit more we get caught by sucker punch after sucker punch but we don't seem to be learning those lessons No we don't I think that's uh, the issue isn't it I mean you know, undoubtedly, we've had a horrible run of fixtures. I mean, you, you can't dispute that any other way. And I mean, the fact is we're still clear of the bottom army by, by well, the bottom three, I should say, by four points. And there can't be anybody else that's got, uh, that's just, that has played the top four twice, is it? I mean, you look at after, you know, what's going to happen on Saturday. We'd have played most of the top ten twice. I mean, it is, it feels absurd, really, the way that the, the fixture list has fallen. But, you know, the, the fact is the, the opportunity will be there then for, for things to improve. We wouldn't have thought we're going to get punished in the way that we have done for the type of mistakes that we've been making. So you'd like to think that we will now improve, but at the same time, I mean, you've, you've got to do it, haven't you? So you can't just, you know, um, assume that <laughs> the things are going to pick up. We've got, we've got to learn some, some harsh lessons really, haven't we? And, and quickly, because it just feels as if we're too easy to score against. Yeah, 100%. And uh, 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 the negative thing is sometimes you see, um, Remember this? Do you remember the season when we stayed up um, against Hull on the final day uh, from Division Three? And I think due to issues with the pitch and whatnot, I think Shrewsbury ended up having something like six or seven games in hand on us. And I think the only point they picked up in the last fifteen games or so was against us. I remember that. No, I think what happened with Shrewsbury was they had a nice little cup run, so obviously oh, okay. they had those games in hand. But I think we went up there in about early April time. And they still had about two games in hand. And that's at that point. And you're thinking, no, there's not that much of the season up. left at that point. And, and 
I think the issue where I'm going to draw this back to now is losing and accepting defeat is a really, really nasty habit to get into. And sometimes you can look ahead to break the times and think, okay, well, those fixtures are a little bit kinder. And they are. When you get to April, we've got teams that are below us in the league. There's not too many that are below us anymore, but there are teams that are below us. We have got favourable fixtures towards the end of the season where you think, right, well, those are games we can target, go all out and win those games because they will be six-pointers. And also they're very winnable games from our perspective. But it's a nasty habit to get into when, you, when you're losing and you're expecting to lose and the morale is low and stuff like that. And it is something that you need to snap out of sooner rather than later because you do see situations where teams think, oh, they, they'll get, they'll be fine. They'll get out of it. And they just don't. And they just, they just keep missing opportunities to pick up points. So, um, I'm a million miles away from pressing the panic button yet, but I do want to see us, you know, start picking up, you know, we got, we got the, uh, Bristol and Cardiff coming up shortly. And I think those sorts of games as well, those sorts of, they can change the mood of a season, can't they? Those sorts of games. And yeah, well, they did last year. That's a way of looking at it. I mean, it's quite weird how, like, you look at the fixtures and then, like, the, the next cluster of games, really, are still against teams that, you know, the sort of mid-table, lower mid-table. And then most of the ones that are against the, the lower teams, certainly the, the current bottom four, they all come after Easter then. Or should I say, yeah. like, I think we've got Sheffield Wednesday and QPR as a double header at Easter. So it is strange how... You know, the fixture list does basically it goes from like the top sides and then it sort of slowly works its way down the table, really. So, you know, it's mainly the mid table sides that we've got coming out. But look, there's, there's chances for points. That's what the, the main thing is. And you'd like to think we did, like I say, against Plymouth, we did play quite well. We did against Hull, that was encouraging as well. So those type of performances against, you know, the, the lesser sides will, will get us, will see us win points. So, you know, I, I don't think we need to worry. I think there's, you know, we're closer to the bottom than we should be because of, I think, of the fixtures that we've had. But yeah. I think it's just the general decline, isn't it, that we're, we're seeing and the feeling that we're on the wrong track. It might get worse. And, you know, are, the, are you the, talking about season on season here? Yeah. Well, yeah, really. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think Ghetto obviously used to join us regularly. I mean, he wrote a piece in my latest fanzine about how there's similarities this season, really, with 2015 16. And yes. I think that's far on because you look at it and think, you know, we, we had okay this year, but next year. <laughs> but yeah. We had, to, obviously we, we had to make a managerial change and we, we balls it up for a while and then before eventually getting somebody in. But it, it really did feel like there's enough to get away with it, which we did. But you're also looking and thinking we're on slippery slope here. We need to do good transfer business. Um, in the summer then. And obviously we, we know what happened. We could have had Brendan Rogers. We didn't. We could have had Joe Allen back. We didn't. And yeah, it was a, a slippery slope really from there, wasn't it? So, you know, and I, I think this summer could sort of be a similar thing where if we make more mistakes in the transfer market, I think we really could be in a bit of trouble really. So I think that's, that's where my mentality is at at the moment. It's a case of, you know, we should be okay. We have, we're not in the three worst teams. We do have to show it, however. I mean, Leicester for me were not in the three worst teams in the Prem last year on paper, but they didn't show it. And then the end they went down. So we don't want to be in a situation like that. The too good to go down thing doesn't exist. But there is a good enough to stay up. And I know we are most certainly good enough to stay up. So, you know, let's hope that things do improve now over the next few weeks. I mean, it's been a, it has been a grueling period, a baptism of fire really for the manager when you look at, you know, who we've had to play and stuff like that. But, um, 
you know, let, let's hope now that we, we do improve, but we do also need to learn some lessons too. Well, let's look at this. From 22nd, the first relegated spot, right the way up to 15th, which is Plymouth spot. Um, all the teams in that section are separated by six points. And I'd be surprised without going in depth, Steve, if there are any or many teams in that bunch of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams there that um, have a more favourable tail end to the season than us in terms of winnable games. Um, and you could you could dispute what a winnable game is when you get to 41, 42 of the season because they could argue then that you want to be playing against your 12th, 13th and 14th, the ones that are on the beach um, and not the teams that are scrapping yeah. for survival. The, the, the problem is, are they on the beach yet? No, oh, well, this is the that thing. makes sense. Like you want those teams more, probably more at the end, don't you? Well, the that's what I mean. On the beach, yeah. I, that's no. what I mean. We people will look at our April, May, and think, well, you want to be playing um, your your Sheffield Wednesdays, your, your QPRs, and whatnot, because they're the 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 fodder of the division, if you like, right down at the bottom. But at the same time, do you want to be playing them when they need to win to survive? And that's a difficult yeah. question. That's one that is a lot harder. Yes, on quality alone. Yes, we, we, we could have enough on those good days to win the game, but are you going to have the fight to, to go into war? Um, and that's something we haven't seen enough of, but, um, but yeah, I do but, think. But the other thing as well, I, you find with, with those teams later in the season is they're not really in a situation often where, you know, draws are acceptable. They need to go for wins. So that's the other way of looking at it. Then are they, they're going to have more of a go at you because they're thinking this is a six point here. We need the points. And also if you're playing against a team that's around you, then obviously if you can, you know, hurt them to it, it's obviously a double, isn't it? Two positives too. So that's, that is the thing with it. I think it, what you're saying is, I think it's fair. It probably is better really to play the lesser teams coming up now, certainly yeah. the ones that are in trouble and then those mid table ones. But look, the fact is you, you can't control the fixture list. You just got to see what yeah. hand you're dealt. So we've just got to get on with it, haven't we? But, um, look, the, the fact is the way you've got to look at it. It's certainly better not to play the top side, isn't it? So, you know, they're all out of the way. So, yeah, that, that's how we have to look at it. Yeah, we do. And, um, as the, you mentioned, the fixtures just eking back down towards mid table. The one we got coming up on the weekend, Sunderland, surprise, surprise, they just sacked the manager before we played them. It seems like that happens all the time with us. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, I think, didn't Stoke and Rotherham do it? I think they are too, aren't they? Um, not sure if it happened, uh, with anyone else this season as well, but, um, yeah, it is typical. It does, the whole Michael Beale thing sort of seems similar to, to Michael Duff really, doesn't it? Um, you know, where he might not be the worst manager in the world, but, you know, he's come across terribly, hasn't he? And, um, you know, just, it, it's not a natural fit. And his points per game isn't terrible. I don't think either. I think there were about four wins in 12, which, don't get me wrong, it's not brilliant, but Sunderland would have been expecting a little bit better than that. But I think he just didn't really grasp the club, the area, or anything like that. And um, they've obviously made uh, the decision that it seemed likely for a little while, really. I mean, he's been, seems deeply unpopular in the Northeast. And, um, yeah, they've, um, they've made a change. So, um, yeah, they put the, um, I think the, so they've gone with the caretaker situation, haven't they, till the end of the season. It doesn't half look like a mess. I mean, you think that it was quite a surprise, wasn't it, where with Tony Mowbray, um, had the boot. Obviously, yeah, nobody was. was really, um, expecting that, were they? And then they've, they've obviously brought people I don't think he was disliked up there either. I think they were fond of Tony Mowbray. Um, 
obviously being from up there as well and kind of having that. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a situation where the fans were trying to hound him out. There may have been a few no. of the, you know, not convinced or, or stuff like that. But, um, yeah, they certainly weren't completely against him, were they? It seemed no, not at all. Sort of, um, an odd one and a surprising one, really. But, um, yeah, obviously they've, yeah, they decided to appoint Beal and it's, it's not worked out at all. And now they're, um, yeah, they're back to the drawing board, really, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And we get the first stab at it on the weekend up at the Stadium of Light. Um, it, it's hard to know that'll go, but you, you'd expect Sunderland to have something of a reaction. I'd certainly rather be playing against a Michael Beale Sunderland because it feels like I know what that team would have been like. And um, certainly not giving their all to prove themselves to a manager who they clearly weren't very fond of. But now we have that mystery. And do they have that bounce back from uh, having a, a caretaker in charge now? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just gives you that little lift, really, doesn't it? Mm. So, and that's the the annoying thing for us, isn't it? The you know, it, it seemed like he was deeply unpopular. I mean, you look at that that social media clip from the other day where the left back has been subbed, goes to shake yeah. Eel's hand, and um, yeah, he just like disregards him. He did apologise for it afterwards and say that he hadn't seen it. But I mean, it's just such a bad look when there's already you know um, a certain amount of pressure on him, and you just think, well. You know, it's that probably that partly shows I think why he's particularly disliked, doesn't it? So, yeah. So you get the feeling there'll be a lift, um, which is bad news for us, really. Um, but you know, we'll um, we'll wait and see. We haven't got a bad record against Sunderland. Obviously, we did beat them twice last year. We had we had a draw with them at home where they did outplay us really, and we had ten men for a lot of it, but we did dig in. So let's hope we can continue our good run against them. Yeah, I don't think we've had. 11 men on the pitch for both teams in the last couple of visits of weeks. I'm sure oh. they had uh, Luke or nine sent off up there last season um, when we played against them, didn't they? So, um, let's see what, what, what happens this time around. But how would you set up, Steve? Because uh, we saw the return of, to first team action of uh, Kikorejevic on Saturday. And Charlie Patino as well came off the bench, and you know it seems to be that's becoming more and more of a <laughs> a rare occasion. So um, Patino excelled, I think, when he came on. I think he very much dictated the pace of the play, really added that bit of creativity and guile in the middle of the park, which we were sorely lacking, um, and really galvanised, I think, the, the fans and the team because everything for about 15 minutes was buzzing, wasn't it, in the stadium? And and Kukureyevic put himself about, got in the bustles with the defenders. Who, to be fair, the Ipswich back line were great. They were solid. They would they wouldn't give an inch. But he still put himself about and got into tussles that Yates wasn't finding himself in and stuff like that. So you, I'm, I'm positive about both introductions. Um, and and hoping that they can be used more regularly between now and the end of the season because we haven't got a wealth of quality that play on the pitch every week. So anything that can add to that. Is a good thing. Yeah, I think. I mean, I didn't think Kukurevich was was amazing, right? And I mean, the typical thing is that we didn't really whip as many balls into the box in the air. I didn't think when he came on, we did from a couple of corners. But I mean, the first corner we had didn't go in then, did it? Which I couldn't believe, oh. considering we brought our man on with height. But um, yeah. So look, I think Patino's been a strange one all season because I think most people feel that he should have had more minutes. I mean, I I certainly do. Um, but that's not happened for whatever reason. Um, so I, I think that if we want to try and dig ourselves out of trouble, you've got to be looking at 
Patino as someone that can make a vital contribution for us, really. So I do think he should be in the team more. I mean, I found it a bit odd at the end of the game where we had that decent opportunity from a free kick and he, he didn't take it. I mean, I, I I probably would have had him on there then. I mean, look, he could be crap at free kicks, but his ability suggests to me that he could be someone that would be a threat in that situation. So, yeah, a bit odd that he, he didn't take it. But, look, I think the, the strange thing was those subs sort of lifted the crowd, didn't they? As if to say everyone's oh. wanted to see Kugarevich because literally he's, he's barely had a chance, is he? And I think Patino is someone, again, that the fans are looking at and thinking, well, you know, just just give him more minutes to see what he can do. So, yeah, I think that, that it certainly helped the crowd, whether it, you know, it, we didn't create a great deal of good chances, did we? I think that was the thing. We did yeah. have some chances. He couldn't beat, beat the keeper. But um, I do think that the effort, particularly in that second half, was was noticeably better than the Leeds game, where you thought, do you know what? Yes, it was a sodden day. Everyone got absolutely soaked, and the pitch was tore up to pieces. It had that feel a little bit more of a of a scrap of a game, as opposed to just downing tools and waiting for the full time whistle. We we did seem to put a little bit out there a bit more, didn't we? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, we, we could have had something from the game. I think that's, uh, that's that is fair to say, but obviously we we didn't manage to get anything, but. Yeah, it was it was better than we what we've seen. I think you'd, you'd have to say that. And um, you know, I think now it's just that that bit of a relief that certain fixtures are are out of the way, really. But as you said, you've got to be aware of thinking, you know, that there's been a lot of okay, and you don't want to be just thinking to yourself, "Oh, we've um, you know that those games are a write off because that that isn't the way to think." And you know, we Do need. You where we got relegated from the Premier League and we seemed to down tools for four or five games looking ahead to the Southampton game. Yeah. And we did win the Southampton game. And then you're like, this is why we should have been competing in the other games. Because you, can't, you cannot just, just gamble on one. Turn on and off. I, I still no. remember to this day, I think you were with me on this one, we went to West Brom and they had one win in 30. Right. They were definitely going to go down. And they yeah. We did equalise, didn't we? And then remember Carvalhal coming over at the end as if like giving like a bit of a, a thumbs up thing. It's like, oh, we've had a good result here. And I'm thinking, Carlos, this is not a good result, my friend. They've been on shocking form. Like, I'm not saying you should come over here and like, you know, basically play things down like hugely or anything and try and, you know, worry people. But at the same time, you can't be coming over here and saying this is a great result because it most certainly was not. I mean, you've got to be looking at that as one of the ones that sent us down. And as you say, I think we, we took a pace to Man City, didn't we? I remember yeah. losing home to Chelsea. I think we might have lost to United. And it just felt like we'd switched off because there was a big gap to the bottom. And then all of a sudden, you're in it. You've got to switch back on. And it's quite difficult to do. And we obviously, we didn't manage to do it. And you'll have to say, we deservedly went down. And that is the risk that could happen this season if we allow ourselves to get into that position where we say, that's oh, so fine. It's fine we lose against Sunderland this weekend. Oh, it's fine if we don't get results against Cardiff and Bristol because don't worry because we've got the bottom four to come up in, in April. And you're thinking, well, then you need to win all of them then. And if you can't win all of them games, then you're, you're going to be around the bottom three. So you, you don't want to leave yourself in a position where you simply have to win those six pointers. Yeah, the old must wins, isn't it? The old must wins. Uh, would you make any changes um, from the start of 11 and seen what you've seen over the last few, few days? It's a good question, that. Um, Put Patino I mean, like, in, maybe? 
Possibly. I mean, but I, I'd be maybe I'd be more tempted to to leave Grimes in for now because um, I, I I do wonder could we go Allen and Patino in a game further down the line? I mean, I think because Sunderland's a tough one. I think maybe we need to be. You know, I, I maybe wouldn't put Patino in. I think I'd be looking at the Blackburn game the week after as maybe one where we could mm-hmm. potentially start him. I mean, I didn't think Ollie Cooper was was brilliant the other day. I mean, could Pochetta come back in there maybe? When you're looking at Sago as well and thinking he's come in, I mean, we haven't really seen a great deal of him. Is it worth giving him a start? I mean, he's, you know, he's bound to show more from the start, he would have thought, if you give him an opportunity. So... That's something that maybe we could do. Um, would, you, would you be dropping Ronald in that instance then? Because obviously he has come in and, and shown a bit of fight and, and, and a little bit of quality where there's been an absolute absence of it elsewhere. Oh, you're right. Could, but could you play them both? Could one play on the left, for example? I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here, really, in terms of yeah. who's, who's the options that we have. I mean, I think I'd like to see Darling come back in. I mean, yeah, again, I think Norton... Best days are behind him, if we're going to be honest about it. I think sometimes he was getting caught out the other day. Um, maybe with Darling have to play right back, maybe he will. I mean, it's like a cursed area for us at the moment. Can't wait for someone to come back. I mean, I think Parker obviously is a way off. I think we're going to see him maybe till next season now, but I mean, hopefully Key is, is closer because that would make, um, a difference for us. Or then, plus, like I say, Darling could then play center half. So that would, that would help as well. So, I mean, there is, because we have got so many players. I mean, there are options for the manager. Not all of them are brilliant, but, you know, some of the ones that I've named there are ones that maybe could be, you know, pushing to get in the team. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I do think that um, it'll be wise to the players that, that came on. You, you talk about Sago Junior, we mentioned Patino there, Gurevich, another one, that... If they don't get into the starting eleven, Pochetto again, those sort of players, they we they're all players that can offer an attacking impetus, and that sort of players that you need to be willing to bring off the bench if we aren't in a position of strength going into the last 30, 35 minutes of the game at Stadium of Light, then we should have a bench that will reflect that, and we should have a bench that will allow us to get back into the game because you can name so many subs now. You need to be bold and be able to use them because we do have those sorts of players. Um, we did bring in a bit of pace in January and you hope that we'll get into ourselves into a position where Luke Williams will be bringing them on and saying, listen, go at them because listen, we, we played well <laughs> against Hull, um, the last time we were on the road, Steve. And, um, maybe, you know, home hasn't been <laughs> particularly kind to us. So hopefully. Being on the roads will be a welcome distraction for our players. Yeah, like you say, I mean, our home record is poor. I think it's only four wins, isn't it? Which, you know, is awful, really. It's been one of the most miserable seasons, like I said this the other day, since the year when went out with the Football League. It's been, there's just not been many particular highlights as there. It's been, it's been a slog. Um, so yeah, maybe playing away will, will help us. And obviously, as you say, we did win at Hull. So we have had more away wins than home, which, you know, maybe tells us something. I think our away record overall probably isn't horrific. I mean, we're probably nowhere near the bottom three for that. We might well be at the bottom three for the home one. So, yeah, um, let's hope that we, um, you know, can can take that, the fact that we have done a little bit better away from home, um, you know, into the game on the weekend. Yeah, so as ever, still going to ask you to end on a positive note, just to lift the spirits of everyone who's still listening. Okay, so um, anyone that's going on the weekend, 
some might well be going to uh to Newcastle and enjoying the nightlife well that obviously that would be brilliant so yeah that's always worth um worth the trip I mean like I said the, the way to look at it is the fixtures are a little bit easier now um so you know Sunderland not not in a great vein of form themselves there's, there's you know I know the manager's gone now which is frustrating for us but they're not in a great moment so let's just uh let's just see what happens but the main thing is that very tough run that we've been talking about is almost at an end now. It certainly is at an end for the very top clubs. So, um, you know, there can't be anyone else in this league or maybe one or two who played the top four twice. So that has to be a good thing from our point of view. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Hope for happier times. Going forward, starting on Saturday, let's hope. Thanks. If you're still with us, thank you so much for listening to this. We'll come back. Next week, I believe, Steve, to talk about that and uh, look ahead to the fixtures that come up. And they do get tasty uh, when we look in into March. So there's plenty to look forward to there. And I'm sure... When you say look forward, let's be debatable about this. Maybe it might not be. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, from myself and Steve, thanks so much for listening. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.